Hello and welcome to the Light for My podcast with me, Daniel, and the Thomas Therese. Come on, OP. <laughs> how are you doing? Uh, yeah, I'm well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. You look really chilly, actually, where you are. It's freezing here. I, it's it's freezing here as well, but I, luckily I'm in quite a warm room. I'm very lucky in that in that respect. Anyway, keeps you awake. One of my friends came <laughs> to visit me yesterday, and um, she she because like she had jeans in the wash or something. She um, she was only wearing like leggings when she was like when when she was coming around, and she was absolutely frozen solid. It was really hilarious. She's very kind, like traveling on this way to come and visit um i really needed to see her it was a really good good lift yeah she did actually yeah she traveled from east london yeah what are we talking about today we're we're talking about advent yeah did did you know brother thomas it's in we're in advent now yeah i mean i do i mean (laughs) when we're still not really having hymns here at the moment so i haven't really i mean the liturgy of the hours here is definitely changed in its in its ambiance and in its tone uh the hymns that we're singing in in at morning prayer and evening prayer, midday prayer, and things are very different. The sort of readings that we have uh, are all very different. The readings that we have at mass all have a different flavor and a different emphasis. Um, so yeah, certainly sort of liturgically in my day-to-day life, I've definitely seen a, a big sort of shift. Yeah, a big shift. And what sort of somber then do they shift to? Uh, you describe that. What, hmm. What's the feel of Advent? It, there's something, there's something about question. it. Yeah, yeah about I it mean, it's hard to... A lot of the music is a bit sort of jollier, um, but it also the lyrics and everything and a lot of the readings and things are about Christ coming again. Uh, so it's not just about uh, Christ's first coming and sort of looking back and remembering when God became man to redeem us and to save us from our sins out of his love. It's also about looking forward when Christ who has revealed who God is and has revealed himself will come again. And so we're excited about the fact that he's going to come again because we know who he is. We know that he's a merciful king. We know that he's a merciful judge. Um, And when he comes again, he'll come to judge the living and the dead. Uh, And so we reflect on judgment. We ask pardon and forgiveness for for our sins. And... um, and that's quite interesting considering we've just come out of November. Of course, in November, we pray for the dead who in varying ways to varying degrees will reflect, have reflected Christ in their life. Uh, and we pray for God to have mercy on the dead and to admit them into his presence. Well, now in Advent, we look forward uh, to when not only the dead will be judged, but when the living will be judged as well and that we will be judged. There is that theme of asking for God's mercy, remembering that God is a merciful saviour, reminding him perhaps that he is a merciful saviour. Yeah, so there's a, there is a certain sense of joy and an expectation and a looking forward to seeing him as he is, looking forward to seeing him again. Um, it's and, interesting that you say yeah. uh, seeing God for who he is. I think in, in Advent, we reflect on who we are as well. Mm. In Lent as well, but it, I think in Advent, there's that sort of inner reflection on, on who we are and who, who we are before Christ, who we will be uh, at the the final coming before, as mm. we stand before Christ. How there's conformed also that sort of to Christ's life will our own be in that time? right how conformed will we be to christ when he comes again and all of us are sinners and all of us 
will have to ask for God's God's mercy, you know. Um, yeah, I, I think it is interesting. It does tell us something about ourselves. and it, But it also reminds us that there are things which will be fulfilled and that will happen in the end, right? That in the end, we pray and we hope that we will be united to God for all eternity. I mean, one of the readings that we've had twice in the past week comes from the prophet Micah and it says all the nations will will uh, gather to the Lord and um, they will go up to the mountain of the Lord of course the mountain of the Lord is the place of worship so all the nations will gather in worship uh, before the Lord but more than that it says they will beat their spears into plowshares and sorry they'll beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks and so then we see that a time of strife and division and conflict gives way to a time of peace and home life and agriculture. Um, and of course, you know, if you have, if you're growing food and things, then also feasting, which reminds us of the banquet to come in, uh, in, in, in the life to come when we see God as he is and we're united to him for all eternity and we dwell with him in and each other in happiness. Absolutely. So yeah, there's something which is sort of looking forward to the end, recognizing that we fall short of God's standard and God's uh, that we don't always keep God's commandments and that we make mistakes, very serious mistakes, but that we have a merciful savior and we should try to reflect that mercy to others. And so Advent and Christmas time is a time when we try to be more generous uh, when we, uh, and this actually should be a habit that we develop for the rest of the year and for the rest of our lives. It's not just that we should be more generous at this particular time of year. It's to try and instantiate within us, try to create and cultivate within us a habit of being generous, a habit of being merciful, a habit of being forgiving, so that when he comes again, we can have confidence on the day of judgment and say, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. Forgive me my trespasses as I have forgiven the trespasses of others. Have mercy on me as I has as I have shown mercy to others. I know that I have that I have uh, fallen short. Yeah, well, you, well, you, you mentioned you an important phrase love. earlier: being conformed to to Christ, being conformed mm. to Christ, and I think that sort of encapsulates everything that you're saying there. So, where am I in my whole life? In my actions, in in my works of mercy towards others, in my prayer mm. life, where am I in all these things in relation to Christ? And I think Advent is a is a very good time uh, for doing that. It's, it's interesting that you mentioned final coming because Saint Bernard talks about three Advents of Jesus, so th three comings. Um, actually, probably important to to say that Advent simply means arrival or coming, so an anticipated arrival of someone. Um, we sort of use that word a little bit in English now, but not so much. Anyway, uh, St. Bernard speaks of three advents of Jesus. So the first advent, when Jesus was born uh, of, of Mary, when he dwelt amongst us. And the third advent, that, that final coming, when Jesus comes at the end of time. And obviously at, at Christmas, we honor um, the first coming of Christ, the first advent. And then we also look forward to the, the final coming. But the second advent, which St. Bernard speaks of, I, th I thought it was quite interesting. He he refers to it as lying in between the other two, and it's he says it's a hidden one when Jesus arrives within our very own selves, within our, our mm. very own lives. Mm -hmm. So in the first advent, uh, Christ takes on our flesh; he takes on our weakness. In the third advent, Jesus comes in glory; he comes in majesty. 
But in the second advent, the one that lies in between, Jesus comes in spirit, so born into our souls, you know, born into into your you know your soul, into my soul. Absolutely. If there is room there, and that's why the we get this theme of preparation, that, mm. that preparation of Christ for the final coming, but also this 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 coming. This is why we have Christmas every year. Christ born into into our souls. So we have this this theme of preparation, preparing our souls for that moment. Have we have we made space for God in our homes, you know, and in our lives? Very often we think about, you know, there's no room at the inn and uh, will you make a space for God in your life uh, now? And that's exactly, I think, the same thing that St. Bernard is talking about there. Where is God in our lives and how do I create a greater space for God in my life? What do I have to do and to cultivate, to participate with God so that God can dwell within me? Of course, St. Paul talks about us being temples of the Holy Spirit, which basically means that we are dwelling places of the Spirit of the Lord. The Spirit of the Lord is within me, as we read in Isaiah, um, which is also obviously attributed to Christ. Uh, the spirit of the Lord is upon is upon him, and the spirit of the Lord came upon the Blessed Virgin Mary uh, at the Annunciation, and also too with us, we become temples of His Holy Spirit. We become part of His body with Christ as the head, and you know we are the members that the various different parts of that body were so to to be so totally united to Him. But we have to, I suppose, clear the way. You know, very often we'll hear, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Prepare the way of the Lord. Which are those words of John the Baptist? Yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah. And we have to prepare the way of the Lord in our own lives. Clear out those things that really shouldn't be there or don't necessarily need to be there or, or are harmful or are potentially harmful to our spiritual life. That's definitely something that I've been focusing on over the past week or so. And it's it's certainly been, been very hard hitting. If I think about my own life personally, it's been very hard hitting and, and, and it's been you know, very difficult, but absolutely necessary. So yeah, there is this sort of preparation and you prepare for Christ's second coming uh, I say when I say Christ's second coming, by the way, I mean, in St. Bernard's language, Christ's third coming. <laughs> you you prepare for when Christ will come again here and now by making a place for Christ in your life now. Well, how do we do that? Well, I think that two things really fundamentally are key here. Humility and gener and uh gratitude also generosity but humility that's three that's three <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> being being you know generous uh with the lord giving giving him everything you know and and serving our neighbor um and giving him as well everything that we might want to hold on to but really shouldn't you know but that comes after humility Humility is is absolutely key. So one of the ways which the first coming does is when God becomes flesh in the womb of the Virgin Mary. This teaches us something which then is to prepare us so that we can receive God into ourselves, into our very being now, so that we might be ready when he comes again, right? Now, what does it teach us? It teaches us that for God, power and kingship and all the rest of it is expressed in humility. 
So he teaches us that we should be humble. You know, uh, St. Paul has this language about how Christ sort of empties himself or how uh, Christ comes from his throne on heaven and is born in the womb is this uh, sensitive and delicate creature, you know? And that teaches us something about how, what we should value and how we should be. We should have that humility, you know? Well, um, it reminds me, you mentioned about Paul. So in, in Philippians, it says that Christ humbled himself, um, not, yes. not taken on the form that's owed to him as a as a as a king but he humbled mm. himself yeah even unto death and what do we see also in uh, at the end of uh, uh, uh matthew's gospel i think it's chapter 21 when you have the triumphal entrance of jesus into jerusalem on a how, donkey. how does he come <laughs> on a donkey yeah and of course you know this is prophesied in in i think it's zachariah um you know he shall uh the king shall sort of humble himself and come riding in on a donkey and whatnot so it is to fulfill scripture but all of these things have the purpose of teaching us what sort of king god is and also and teaching how to conform us our lives to that yeah. exactly how we should exercise judgment and authority in in our own lives that humility is something that is beautiful and pleasing to the lord and of course we also see this in the life of the blessed virgin mary when she says be it done to me according to your word there is this humility which is so crucial to the spiritual life so crucial to having a, a space for God in our lives. You know, I, we've spoken before on the podcast about that quote from Teresa Plessieu, where she says that she'll stand before the throne of God empty-handed. Well, of course, if you stand empty-handed, it means that you've, it, you know, if, if you've got your fists tightly clenched holding on to everything, if you open your hands and let them go, yes, some things will fall out of your hands, right? But when you stand there empty-handed, it gives somebody else the opportunity to fill them. It's a, a, a chance for grace and gift it's a chance for you to be given something and to be grateful to show your gratitude and your and your thanks and so, having so that just attitude on... of gratitude and and, and and rather than resentment changes us as, as people you know and we're much we're much happier and we flourish as human beings when we're when we're grateful just on on the point of humility it's interesting that you mentioned saint therese uh, earlier on this week we had a, a children's session within the parish and we're talking about humility. St. Therese actually had a prayer for humility. It's, it's quite long, but she had this particular sentence which she repeated over and over, which was, O oh Jesus, gentle and humble of heart, make my heart like yours, which is, I think, encapsulates what, what Advent is about, uh, as mm. you say there. Jesus is humble of heart. Jesus is the one who humbles himself uh, to be born at Christmas, to to be born, uh, taken on human flesh. And Advent then for us that time of Advent that season of Advent is about making our hearts like Christ so that prayer I think yeah. is a real encapsulation then of what Advent is about making our hearts like Christ absolutely you know it reminds me of another uh, piece of scripture that we very often hear in in Lent harden not your hearts harden not your hearts is on that day at Meribah you know I uh have had what happened to Meribah <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's another story um you that's, know that's when the, the people turn away from the that's lord yeah <laughs> um but I, sometimes you know when we think about our sin and we think about how you know how our lives are going and things we might think okay you know i do a few things wrong but it's not that serious but actually that's actually quite a bad attitude to have isn't it you know that to me is close to having 
a hard heart, you know, um, when you have that heart of flesh and that sort of tender heart and you, I mean, we can't, we can't spend all of, all of our days and all of our hours and all of our lives weeping over our sins, you know. I had a, a very sort of profound confession uh, last week and I was in floods of tears crying. Uh, I, 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 my appetite went, my sleep went and I, for, I realized actually how hard hearted I'd been for a long period of time. And, um, it, it, it does sort of change you. And I realized actually that in that moment, although it's very sort of painful, that heart of stone is being broken and transformed into a heart of flesh so that you may be found more Christ-like when Christ comes again. And so not only that you will flourish in the future, which hopefully I will. You flourish and now. We all will. You begin to flourish but now. Yeah, you yeah. begin to flourish now. That Christ gives you new life. Um, it's interesting because so, yeah. you, don't, you don't become... Well, this is my experience. You don't become hard-hearted overnight. It happens mm. gradually. It's something that happens gradually. Habit. Which is mm. why Advent and, and Lent is so important for draw, you're drawing back to this question of how mm. how Christ-like are. Is, is your journey of faith going? Where, where is your heart? Where, or where is every aspect of your life or who you are as a person in relation to Christ? And draw back to, to Christ during that time. It's, it's interesting that you mention... The, some of the readings so throughout advent um you you'll hear so many of the prophecies mm. that point forward mm. to christ and it, it was reminding me of of preparation so we obviously prepare for something big we prepare um for for many months before like a big event or i was thinking of the the, the birth of a baby you can prepare for many months before that um, you can even plan for for several years for maybe the the possibility of a baby arriving, uh, but with the birth of Jesus, it's such a monumental uh, thing to happen that the the people of God are prepared for centuries through these prophets. God prepares these uh, prepares the people to receive Jesus. So in in the time of heaven, that's why we have all those prophecies come up that's why we hear from from Mika and from Isaiah and all, all these prophets and I, I think that's that's also a reminder to us then so this this time in this time of Advent we can prepare ourselves we can spend this time preparing for the the birth of Jesus for the birth of our Savior yeah for and, the for the that the when God will make his home within us you know uh, that that's a, there's a, a a promise in the Old Testament that God will dwell with His people, and um, Christ uh, it says at the beginning of the Gospel of John, the Word became flesh, and dwelt with us. He tabernacled with us. He dwelt with us. But Christ also now dwells within us. He gives us His Holy Spirit. Uh, he gives us His flesh to eat in the sacrament of the Eucharist. So Christ makes his home within each and every one of us. If we let him, if we open, if we open our lives and we open our hearts to him and, you know, we participate in his grace, you know, we can go to church, we can receive the sacraments. And these are all ways in which we show that we're open to the, the grace of God and the means through which we receive God's grace. And this helps us here and now and unites us to God here and now, but it is also in the sense of like when you get like um, a flavor for something you know you get like a 
you know when you can sort of smell the the dinner being cooked downstairs and it, you can taste it you know it's like that but i suppose a little bit more in, intimate than that but basically my point is that the fullness of this uh comes uh, in the life to come it's sort of, which yeah, is what we're sort of preparing the, for <laughs> yeah but as you said it's it's flourishing for, that begins now so it yeah i mean it's almost like it, it grows in us and it flowers completely in in the, with the final coming in the life to come so you mentioned about the the flesh i was i was thinking of ezekiel when um when you have this prophecy a new heart i will give you and a new spirit i will put within you and i will take out your flesh uh, i would sorry i will take out of your flesh the heart of stone and i'll give you a heart of flesh and that's well, it's really speaking to, to what we've we've said already that it, there is that intimacy where Christ puts in where God puts into us this heart of flesh, this this humble mm. heart where Christ can can be born into. Yeah, and let, let's not forget why Jesus Himself tells us that that He comes for the first time, John ten ten. You know, I came that you might have life and have life in all its fullness. He came that we might have life and life in all its fullness. So Advent is also a time when we try to, yeah, conform our lives to that, to that fullness. And of course, on, on Christmas Day, there is that great sort of celebration that we all have, hopefully that we all have. I know that Christmas is not an easy time for everybody, but it's it's supposed to fill us with that hope and that joy that God loves us so much that he became human and that he will come again to redeem us, but that he desires to have an intimate relationship with us even now so that we might have life and have life in all its fullness here and now, but also fully in the world to come. As it says in the book of Revelation, he'll wipe, he'll wipe away every tear from their eye. Beautiful. He, uh, he draws it all back to himself, even, even the bad things. Um, is there anything that you'd recommend as like an Advent tradition for people to get more out of Advent? Um, and I know life is very busy during Advent for, for many, many people. And yeah. people people trying to finish things before deadlines and get things ready for, for Christmas. And normally Christmas is, is a, is, you know, it can be a big thing in, in the family. So Advent can be very busy. But is there any particular Advent tradition that you'd recommend mm. to people there to get more? There are a couple of things... Yeah, there are a couple of things I would recommend, actually. The first thing maybe I'd recommend is if you can go to confession, then get yourself to confession. Have a, a real sort of honest sort of sit down with yourself and sort of ask, is there anything on my heart that really I need to give over to God in the sacrament of, of confession? Is there something that I need to be forgiven for so that I may be prepared to receive the Lord, so that I may receive the Lord, you know, in my in my soul? Another thing that I would do, which I think is um, certainly jolly, is um, going to like Advent carol concerts, if you can. I understand that there's a lot of worry at the moment out there with um, the new variant of the coronavirus. Um, but you might be able to find a lot of this stuff online. You might be able to find some of these things on YouTube. So even just preparing yourself by putting together a, like a, an Advent playlist, you might put a little bit of Gregorian chant on there. You might put some of your favorite carols on there. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think you will find like Christmas playlists and, and stuff on there to sort of just to get you in the mood, uh, you know, for yeah, Just a simple search like Google time. for 
Advent carols or yeah. come up with things. Yeah. It's true to say that obviously that, I mean, sometimes people will start celebrating Christmas now, whereas Advent is definitely of a different flavor. But I think carol carols, services and um, things like that, I think they do help you to draw closer to the Lord and remind you that that God is good and that God does wonderful things for us and that God came for us in the flesh. And But another thing that I would say is read the what, what we call the infancy narratives, right? So if you haven't got a Bible, get yourself a Bible, um, Old Testament and New Testament. But... Just search infancy <laughs> narratives on Google. <laughs> yeah, you could say, yeah, yeah, you could find them on Google, right? So what I'd, what I'd particularly recommend would be um, if you're looking for something a bit sort of, so either the big, well, I say either, I mean, you don't have to do either or, you can have them all. Uh, <laughs> so the beginning of Matthew's gospel, the beginning of Luke's gospel, and the beginning of John's gospel. Mark starts later, right? So Mark's gospel starts right at the baptism of the Lord. Um, so maybe maybe don't go for Mark's gospel. Um, I would maybe recommend starting with Luke, uh, starting right at the beginning of Luke, and you'll have the story of, you know, the birth of John the Baptist. Uh, you'll have the story of the angel Gabriel. Yeah, so I would say maybe begin, so from Luke 1.5, up until chapter three so it's just over a chapter and in that you'll have the story of the birth of john the baptist and everything um you will have jesus's early years and things like that and then go to the gospel of matthew and begin at matthew 1 18 and then carry on up until the beginning of chapter three and then read the prologue of John's gospel, read the beginning of, of um, the first chapter of John's gospel. But yeah, so read, basically, I would recommend reading the infancy narratives. That's very often what I do. I'll read the account of the birth of John the Baptist and Jesus in Luke's gospel. Then I'll read Matthew, the beginning of Matthew's gospel. Then I'll read the beginning of John's gospel. And I'll try to do at least, I mean, I have 30 minutes of spiritual reading uh, a day. Uh, that I have to do as a Dominican um, but I try to make those I try to spread those three out over the weeks of of, of Advent I'd, I would recommend um, doing something like make making a dress, Jesse tree or even just basically searching for a, a, a Jesse tree to see what that is because it, it it basically goes through salvation history leading up to Christ um, but yeah, that's. I think that's a good, nice th tradition that you can do with the family. Something very simple that you can do at home. And I don't know if you've heard of this, but the Stations of the Nativity. No, uh, I haven't heard that at all. I mean, it's a it's a play on the the Stations of the Cross that are normally done during uh, during Lent. So there are particular stations that you can you can have as a family, or you know, even on on your own or with a friend, um, to go through. Uh, different points on the journey towards the birth of Christ. It's something that can help prepare for for Christmas as well. So yeah, I think those two things are good. So good. that's that's to draw our episode today to a close. Uh, we'll, we'll be back next week with another episode. So please look yes. out for that. And thanks for joining us for this week. Please be sure to share the episode with anyone you think uh, would benefit from hearing about Advent, the season of Advent. Anyway, until next time, thank you. God bless. God bless.